Hey guys, welcome back to the Walk in the Light podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the government, politics, what's going on in the world, and not so much that we're talking about any specific issue, but we're talking about what we, who we as Christians are, how we should feel about the things that are going on, and what kind of our responsibilities are. Right now is a very tumultuous time. We wanted to get this one out before the election happened. Um, well now we're really close, but it's just something that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, and a, a big emphasis here is it's not to tell you who to vote for. It's to just give you what we hope is the biblical tools to take a look um, at this election and make the make the best Christ decision possible um, for the the sake of the country yeah and again and it's not even just this election but with everything going on and just how we kind of act and this is i would say it even goes past even politics and the election but kind of just our role right here on earth in the sake uh in respect to society so again but we want to emphasize we're not telling anybody who to vote for we're not telling you how to do anything of that nature, but we're kind of pointing you in the, in the right direction of, well, as a Christian, how do I form my politics and my belief about society, government, politics, what's happening, what what do I support, what I don't? Yeah, just a more biblically intent decision, um, not, not um, we shouldn't make our decisions based upon our, um, <clears throat> upon just be, you know, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, or whatever whatever affiliation you want to put yourself into, and just take a good hard look at, at um, a person's track record um, and how they would represent Christ as a leader of this country or a leader of your community, whatever it may be. Or even you, if you choose to go in that direction as exactly. well. And uh, again, this is really just kind of pointing out what our roles are and you know and some hope that goes along with it because we live in very troubling times and these are just some of the things that we need to be reminded of and and this is something that we may be we may continue to cover next week i'm not really sure yet we're not sure we might just do this one and call it good this is not all encompassing by any means at all but again this is just to kind of point you in the right direction and to remind you us everybody that's a believer out there and if you're not a believer um really this is the kind of standard that believers should be held to and they should be holding themselves to and that is a christian first and a American, Republican, Democrat, Wyomingite, Coloradan, second. Um, and, and we approach it with that in light. A lot of people would say, well, you know, you need to keep religion and politics separate. Well, we all come with biases. And the fact of the matter is, is as believers, we are supposed to be a believer first. Everything comes second to that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, again, um, don't want to give you the answer because uh, I don't really think that's possible or fair, but to just kind of keep Christ in mind mm-hmm. when you're when you're making your decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And if this is something that you know you you hear us talk about, and 
you guys want to hear more about our own personal opinion or opinions, that's something that maybe we could do in a more one-on-one -on -one nature. But it's not really the purpose of this podcast and not really what we're going for here. So again, that's why we're not saying, oh, go out and do this, go out and vote for these right. things, go out and do all that. Again, that's more of a personal conversation. So that's why we're not doing it right here. So Let's go ahead and get started. Again, I'm going to use Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. So Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would grant all of us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with power through your spirit in the inner man so that you may dwell in our hearts through faith and that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of you which surpasses knowledge that we may be filled up to all the fullness of you. Now to you who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And one more thing I, I would like to point <coughs> out is today we don't follow again a, what our normal path through our study is. We don't go with through like, well, what's the point, you know, uh, real-world examples and scripture to support it and we application, things like that. This is kind of more, uh, I don't want to say loose, but we kind of just go more topic by topic of things that we just wanted to cover. And we do kind of progress, but it's just not in the same way that we normally do. Right, yeah, it's a little more, a little more open and uh, it leans more on the scripture, um, I think, than our yeah. typical run through. And, uh, you know, we wanted this to be more of a conversation, which, again, we might just read scripture, but we also might have conversations throughout it. So this one's less formal, but with more scripture. Right. More <laughs> yeah. scripture, but hopefully we'll, we'll have more discussion, yeah. uh, more uh, uh, just free discussion, nothing yeah. really planned. So uh, first we want to talk about we are ambassadors and uh, for this world and what that means. So uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 through 21, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might be the, become the righteousness of God in him. And our second verse is John chapter 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And I really like to point out this one because um, sometimes we, um, just people in this world in general, not anybody specific, we like to pick our side of the, uh, of the political platform, I guess, and, and we tend to stick to that regardless of what the other says. And I think that's just a human habit. We like to... I'm either Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm liberal, or you know whatever else. And so, what I like about this one is, is it you know it, it keeps us in mind that we're we're of Christ first, yep. and our decisions should be based upon that, um, not any you know 
predetermined answer you would like to have before the, before we even know who the candidates well, are. We're a Christian first. We're not whatever earthly description we like to <clears throat> correct attribute to us. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to pick one side and support that side. But again, that's not really correct. what we're saying. Yeah, and, no. and one thing to also emphasize in this entire discussion is go back to our, our freedom <laughs> podcast. You know, there's freedom in these things. We're still free in Christ. But Again, we just wanted to point out that, listen, as Christians, we are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? It's somebody that goes for their country into a foreign territory to present their ideals and their beliefs and is in, in some ways an advocate. And I'm, I'm sure you know, we could look up the definition of an, of an ambassador. But again, it is somebody living in a foreign territory. Now, that being said... We're not saying that, you know, we're just complete aliens to this world. No, that's not the case either. You know, really the kind of the way to look at it is we have two homes. We have this home here on earth, and then we have an eternal home. That eternal home takes precedent, absolutely, but we still live here. We still want the best for our home here on earth, you know, and we need to keep that in mind. So I think a lot of people that go, well... You know, why do you care so much about these things? Why do you care so much about politics and stuff like that? You know, especially as a believer, you know, shouldn't you be more heavenly minded, quotes around the heavenly minded? Um, although that is true, again, this is still our home and we want the best for it. So, you know, it's not like we're just going to be so heavenly minded that we forget and ignore everything that is happening around us. That is also not biblical. Yeah, and our decisions have an impact on our platform uh, for what we bring to into the yeah. world as far as um, making the gospel, for example, um, presentable. Um, so it is important. Um, and again, like Mark said, it's not to, it's not to, you know, you know, bash in one side or the other. Um, I, I think over, you know, probably thousands of years or not thousands, but like hundreds of years, you know, we've, we've always had this idea of like, you know, Republicans stand for, you know, X, y, and from, Z. yeah, X, Y, and Z and Democrats stand for, you know, you know, their things. And that doesn't change much over the years. So it's not to say that like, if you're a Republican, for example, that like, you know, like you should consider a banding shift. That's not what we're saying. It's Again, just, yeah, no, it just, not be open to the possibility that maybe somebody on the other side may surprise you as a Christian candidate and you should be open for to that possibility. Yeah, yeah. At least hear, at least hear them, you know, and again, yeah. it's not to tell you who to vote for. It's just to keep, keep yourself open for that possibility. Um, instead of being rigid, um, you know, in your, and I think belief. one other thing to say with that as well is your candidate. One thing, be open, but also have grace. Nobody yeah, is going to be perfect. And again, <clears throat> I think one thing that we, we may get to a little later is, you know, as Christians, we desire a, obviously a Christian candidate, but what do you do when that person isn't there? What if they're not Christian at all? Or maybe they're not a strong Christian. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't your choice. You know, you know? Yeah. and yeah, maybe it wasn't your choice that somebody now, well, then you go to, you know, pick the one that, does gives you the best environment to the best case scenario, you know, the best case scenario, the best environment for evangelism and the best, I would say 
candidate that will create, you know, the a country that takes care of its own. We have a better description of, of what I'm trying to say uh, further along in the study. But again, sometimes we are faced with cases of, well, yeah, it would be great to have a believer, but what happens if you have somebody that isn't or somebody that's on the strong one? Well, again, have grace and remember nobody's perfect. And two, you know, pick the one that has the best ideals, has the best morals and values, and has the best legislation for this country. You know, that's not, we're not making a concession when we do that. It's having wisdom and it's having discernment about, okay, who do I want to support that will make it a better environment for myself and those around me. That That is, again, I think there's a lot of concern that, well, you're making a concession then. Well, no, I'm not. I'm having wisdom and discernment. I, again, if, if Jacob and the Old <clears throat> Testament can be the second in command to Pharaoh, who definitely um, – was anti-biblical, right. then I think we can say this is who I'm going to vote for because their ideals closely match my own. Right. And and along the lines of grace, too, is remember that, um, you know, I've, you know, we talk about this in church and I've also seen it myself. I'm sure we all have, whether you're on social media, watching the news, whatever it may be. And, you know, somebody takes it too far. We all like to get into like the heat of the debate and stuff along with them. But then somebody says, well, I think I wish this candidate would die. Like Donald Trump uh, got COVID. I hope it kills him. And it's like, that's not, that's not grace. That's not being Christ-like at all. Um, we shouldn't hope for that for any candidate, no matter how far they are um, from biblical, uh, you know, beliefs and stuff like that. So, I think we also have to remember that, you know, we, even though we may not get the candidate we want, or maybe uh, they say something that to us is egregious, but um, just to have grace and remember that, you know, we need to be Christ-like too and to love them. It, Christ tells mm -hmm. us to love our enemies. And even though we may not like us. what the, yeah, they, we may not like what they have to say, but we, we need to have grace too and remember that, you know, our, what we're looking for is on the other side of this age, um, but we also want to make, you know, we want to have grace here as well and live Christ-like here as well. And I think Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter four verse five, um, just it says, but but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And so I think that's just something to keep in mind when we're when we're going through this election and and any future elections, whether local or for the country or whatever it may be. Um, you know, we were to keep our head right and to uh, do the work of an evangelist and just remember to have to have grace. We mm -hmm. in in all this all this stuff. It's really easy to to lose our cool. It um, is. During elections. It is. And I messed up. I said Jacob. I meant Joseph when it came to Joseph being in second in command. So <laughs> I just want to correct myself. So we know that we're ambassadors. We know that that is uh, who and what we are as believers. So now don't worry. That's, you know, that's kind of the second, second topic. You know, again, we're living in very trying times right now, very concerning times, regardless of on what political spectrum that you were on. And as believers, I mean, especially we see the pain and we see the suffering and we see the, you know, 
the potential for disaster looming, and it's easy to become anxious. Well, we're commanded not to be anxious. So let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither, so, uh, they neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall I eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yeah, and I think I think what's also important about this, you know, well, in addition to not also, but uh, it's just, you know, we we tend to get worried about if uh, if the one I if the uh, nominee that I don't want <clears throat> wins or or just you know, especially right now we have you know we have writing we have COVID-19, we have pestilence uh, fires. War. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pestilence, fires all over the place. And it's so easy to forget that God is sovereign and in control of all of it. And, you know, so we just pray and and just put your trust in God that he's going to see you through it. And um, and it's it's not easy, you no. know. When the when you know I'm sure people you know they're getting kicked out of their homes because of the fires or or the rioting whatever it may be it's it's not easy so I don't want I know I say that like it's easy and it's not but just just remember in those moments to pray and that God is in control absolutely it's easy for us to sit here um, behind these microphones and <laughs> preach at you about you know don't be worried about it I have to remind myself constantly if not you know every day if not more. God's got it. God's yeah, in control. I, I always try to tell myself when those feelings start to come up, it's just refresh the cross. Yep. You know, God is in control. Everything is taken care of. It is finished. And, uh, yeah. So uh, the next little category we have is uh, role of the government according to the Bible. And so in Romans chapter 13, verses 3 and 4, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad would you have no fear of the one who is in authority then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good but if you do wrong be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is the servant of God an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoers and so here we need to <clears throat> bear in mind that this isn't suggesting that all rulers and authorities and all that stuff are going to be good. Um, the idea here is is that as long as there's as long as they don't challenge you to go against the Bible and 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 God's ways, um, 
we can safely um, subject ourselves to the ruling authorities. But this doesn't mean, and we go over this a little bit more later mm -hmm. as well, but this does not mean that if somebody, like whether it's your boss, whether it's the government, whether it's the police, whatever, whoever it may be in this world, if they command you to do something that goes against God's word, we are still expected to not do it. Mm -hmm. um, even, even if the outcome of disobedience to them has severe um, you consequences, know, consequences for us. For us. Yeah. Um, and that's hard as well. Yeah, yeah that is that, extremely that's hard, hard as well. And, you know, in America, we're pretty safe um, from that. However, more and more, we see things that are happening, pastors that are being forced to preach things that they don't believe in. Um, I mean, and this is happening not just here, but all over the world. And this is something that we may have to face more and more. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to get worse because we're getting, you know, it, it could Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. But <clears throat> no matter what, whether it gets worse or it gets better because of this election or the future ones to come, at least for the time being, we know eventually it's going to get really hard. But for right now, just be in the word, know what we're expected of by God, and, and do what he tells us to do. And hopefully that aligns us with our government. But when it doesn't, we're expected to follow God, not man. Correct. Yep. And I apologize, my... Voice keeps going in and out. I think it's the smoke. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, a subcategory to the rules of the government, according to the Bible, is what a leader should look like. And so uh, there's numerous examples of this, th especially through the Old Testament. But uh, one of my personal favorites is Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, verses 7 through 13. And it says, In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David, my father, be now fulfilled, for you have made me king over the people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and to come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possession, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place of Gibeon from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. And isn't that interesting? Again, one thing that I think really stands out uh, to me is Solomon wanted to govern his people well. He knew the importance and the greatness of his yeah, people. He, he identified, you know, there's massive amount of people, and it was God's people. But he knew it, if he was going to be successful— as a king, it was never going to come from him. He needed God to guide him every step of the way. And since God, you know, since he he placed that burden on God and, and God saw that it was true in his heart, he gave him that that prayer. But he also gave him the stuff he didn't pray for, <laughs> you yep. know. Well, and, and I just, again, and I think so, you know, he knew what he needed, which was wisdom and intelligence. And, again, he put the people almost – 
I don't want to say above himself, but he he acknowledged the importance of God's people. He's like, how can I govern, you know, these people who are so great? And I think, you know, you hear a lot of time, a great leader is the one who serves. And right. and I think Solomon is kind of exemplifying that here. And the way, one of the reasons we are so blessed here in the United States is the government was set up to put place the importance on the people. I heard one of the politicians say this in the last couple of days during the Supreme Court justice uh, hearing um, that the government is not the main picture to the story. It's not the right. focus to the story. It's the people that are. We, you know, we should be basically forgotten about because it's the people that matter. And Solomon is talking about that here. And that's, you know, I think that's just interesting to me. And that kind of shows, you know, what does a good leader look like? It's the one that recognizes the importance of the people that he is ruling over and is serving. So that is something that I think we should aspire to be if we are in leadership positions and also those the people that we should support is the one that says, man, you know, these people are important. I need to govern them. You know, I need to, in my place of authority, I need to govern well because they are worth it. Right. And even Jesus said, and I don't remember exactly how I said it, but essentially it was like, if you want to be first or the highest, you're going to, you know, you're going to serve, you, you have mm -hmm. to be the lowest. Yep. And so, and I think this, you know, is exactly what he was talking about. Solomon recognized that he, you know, he needed to be a servant leader mm -hmm. to these people and he was going to need God to guide him through it to be successful. And I, and that's why this is one of my favorite ones to point yeah. out. Uh, but the old Testament, you know, there's, especially in second Chronicles, it goes briefly over a lot of the different Kings uh, in Israel. And some of them were good Kings. Some of them were bad Kings, but, uh, uh, this one on Solomon and his prayer, I, I think, is, is one of my favorites. Yep. <clears throat> and I think we need to, you know, also keep in mind is if there is no if there's not an openly and obvious Christian candidate available. Like we said. Previously. Yeah, like, like we said earlier, it's important for us to just go with the one that best reflects Christian values um, as much as possible. And, uh, and that can be hard. Again, I understand that that's sometimes difficult to do. You know, again, it might feel like it's a concession. It's like, but remember, you know, you look throughout the Bible. What about, you know, what did Joseph, again, he was second in <coughs> command to a very pagan culture, you know? And so, you know, it's not that we can't do these things. It's not that we can't, you know, you, you don't think that he had to make dis difficult decisions when it came to, you know, serving under the ultimate leadership that he was under well ultimate is god but under pharaoh you know and it's like i don't think we're arguing the scripture is telling us that he was making concessions no he wasn't so I, I, that also being said i'm not saying throw again you know throw to the wind everything that is more moral and you know everything that is biblical no i'm not saying that either but we do have some wiggle room here to make the best decisions. And again, it's a decision that requires discernment and it's a decision that requires wisdom. And it's a decision that requires you ultimately being in the word. Because how do you know who to support if you're not in the word? All right, Lord, who should I be supporting? In the word and in prayer, which we get to later on. So to continue, what are 
our responsibilities. So we talked about, you know, we are ambassadors. We talked about how we, we don't need to worry. We talked about the role of government and what a good leader looks like. Well, what are our responsibilities then? Well, first off, we have to be subject to authority. So Romans chapter 13, and I believe this is the entire chapter, but it's only 12 verses. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And if anybody is interested, this is the place to start to talk about government from a Christian perspective. Right. This is the right. chapter to go to and read first. This really gives us the most information clearly and concisely in, in one spot that we have in the entire Bible. So starting in verse 1, that every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. I'm going to pause right there real quick. Just a little interesting thought. When Paul was writing this, and really was Christ writing through him, who was Paul under authority of? That was Nero. And, I mean, he was under the Roman authority, under a specific Caesar that really hated Christians. Isn't it interesting that there is no authority except from God, that even the ones that we have a hard time with, this right. is saying all authority is from God. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that and what all of that may mean, but it's just something to pause and think about when you're going, oh, you know, how could this happen? We're under the worst leader possible and everything. Well, remember what the Bible says, all authority is from God. So right. it's a little, just a little interesting tidbit there. So to continue on, and those that exist have been instituted by God. I guess I could have been, I could have paused there. So <laughs> anyways, again, they've been, uh, authority is from God and they've been instituted by God. So therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. I want to pause one more time. This is not saying that we obey every command that the government has. Yeah. Josh made a good point in saying, and I think we cover it again later, that if the government is trying to tell us to do something wrong that is against the Bible and against God, this is not saying that we just have to obey the government. No, we obey God first. But in every other area where we can obey the laws of man while also obeying God, we need to obey them. Absolutely. And one other interesting – I'm. This isn't a history lesson. This isn't a civics lesson. But one other thing I want to put out there that does that should make you think, should make you scripts the, uh, search the scriptures, should make you look at our own government is the people are also a part of the government in the United States. We have a very unique system where the people are also a part of the government. Every single person has a role in the government. So... How does that affect how these verses apply? It, it is interesting. I'm not, uh, I mean, of course these verses still apply, but we have a very unique situation here in the United States, unlike pretty much any other country in the world and throughout history where the people also have governmental authority in, in their own way. So remember that um, you have a voice, you have a vote, you know, you have the ability to go out and change things. So <clears throat> we're not talking about here like, you know, we're under an autocratic or a monarchy or an oligarchy or a dictatorship or a theocracy or any of those. We, we, li we have a very unique situation here. So that also has to be remembered when we're talking about government. Well, how do these verses apply when I'm also technically a part of government? I'm not going to give you the answer here, right. but <laughs> because, again, this isn't a civics lesson. But, again, remember that. Yeah, and I think also to just to open up the scope here too, when we're talking, when we're 
looking at Romans chapter 13 here, uh, we're not just talking about our government. The authorities also trickle down to police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as a police officer doesn't ask you to do something that goes against God, we're, we're, we're we are subject to them as mm-hmm. well. Um, and they are instituted by God. Uh, that doesn't mean that every single police officer out there is a good police officer, but they they have been instituted by God, mm-hmm. and and we have to remember that. And so when we resist them, we're we're also unless of course it goes against the Bible, um, we are uh, we are going to incur judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know Paul tells us that in verse two there. It, yep, yeah, it is interesting, and it just kind of an interesting thought. Again, this is more of a discussion than it is, you know, a clear-cut Bible study. If the people in the United States are also the government, well, what happens when the people that we have voted in start doing bad things? Right. When we are in authority also, I mean, the ultimate authority really in the United States is its people. So... You know, how does that look? I, I'm not, again, I'm not going to give you an answer. It's just, in, these are interesting things to think about and to talk about. And I think it's important when people start talking about politics and legislation, what's going on in the world, you need to be educated, especially as a Christian. You need to be educated on the Bible, and you also need to be educated on how your country works. Right. Because, you know, you can't just sit there and tell me what to believe and how to believe it when you don't have the evidence and the understanding to back up your claims. So that, and again, I'm not perfect at this. I, there's a lot about our government and politics and everything that I have no idea about. And there's a lot about the Bible that I still don't know about. So I'm, I'm not sitting here all self-righteously saying, well, before you come to me, you know, right. you need to know what you, you have to say. And that's not what I mean. But all of us as good citizens of heaven <laughs> and as good citizens of the United States, we should know what we're talking about when it comes to the scriptures and when it comes to the government and how our country works. So... Continuing on, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. I'm going to pause again. I keep pausing here, but this is, again, this is the one that has all of the uh, information really concise and... and, and, Right. There's a lot of meat. There is a lot of meat here. here, yeah. When you're worried about like, well, you know, when it comes to like gray areas of am I doing the right thing here? Am I doing the wrong thing? Should I support this? Should I not support that? You know, am I supporting God? All all these questions, which are good questions. When it's said here, even when Jesus says, you know, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, um, taxes to whom taxes are owed. I want to point out something interesting that was actually pointed out to me this week. I was talking to my brother about this very topic. The taxes were going to fund the Roman Empire. Those taxes were being used to pay for what was really happening, which is uh, Christian torment and, you know, the um, 
you know, the killing of Christians, the torture of Christians. But in the Bible here, it's telling us to pay taxes to whom taxes are owed, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Jesus said that. Right. Well, what were those taxes being go to pay for? Some pretty horrible things. But we're still commanded to do it. So once again, you know, there's a lot of these questions are not so clean, cut and dry, you know, white and black. There is gray area here. You know, I've heard people that don't want to pay taxes because uh, as a Christian, you know, they're, they're, they're funding certain things um, that are anti-biblical. Well, here, <laughs> it didn't give that you can pay taxes except for in this scenario. No, it just says pay taxes to whom taxes are owed. It's just, again, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do here. I, like me and Josh said, we're leaving it to you to make these decisions, you know, being led by the scripture, being led by God. But again... Just remember, especially for the believers out there, there are some, there's some interesting things in here that kind of will make you question, okay, maybe I've been looking at these things wrong. Right. Well, and I think part of it is, and I'm just taking a wild swing at it here, so That's what this if, one I'm, is. if yeah. I'm wrong, um, don't be afraid to let me know. But we, uh, on, on that note, the way I kind of look at it is, is even our, our, our cash currency in America, you know, we have the Federal Reserve note. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't belong to us. Like yeah, we may we may have a certain you know amount of it, and it, we may be able to do with it what we please. You know, buy goods and you know and services, and we put it in a bank, and it's you know it's you know it seems like it's ours. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a Federal Reserve note. It belongs to the Federal Reserve. So I think that's kind of what we're getting at here. Is even though it may be used for terrible things technically doesn't belong to us we're kind of borrowers um i know that's not a all-encompassing way of describing it um i know there's little bits of that that are flawed we could if we wanted to really get it right we could probably spend hours this is a civics months on this Yeah. yeah but at the end of the day we need to keep in mind you know we render to caesar what caesar's because it's his yeah the people you know the people may have had a certain amount of it but really at the end of the day it wasn't theirs caesar could claim it at any time yeah so again you know i it's these are just things to keep in mind we're just kind of pointing out little tidbit tidbits here to, to think about so let's keep going Owe no one anything except to love each other. And I should say, we're starting in verse 8. So, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that our hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And I think what's really interesting about all this is so, you know, this is all, I'm pretty sure this is all chapter 13, what what Mark just yeah, read it here. Is, yep. And what's interesting about it is we're, we're told to be subject to our authorities and we're given, you know, a, a very, uh, I think, a very clear example of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then starting in verse 8, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about love, all within the same chapter. And I think that's interesting. I think we need to keep that in mind that, you know, not only we're we talking about how love fulfills the law, because when you're when you're loving somebody and when you're 
when you're truly loving somebody the way Christ does, not the flawed human version of love, you you see that, you know, we're less capable of sinning if at all because when you're really loving somebody, you're 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 taking your eyes off yourself and you're seeing them the way God sees them. But um in, in the world of politics or, you know, in being subject to your authority, you know, I find it interesting that Paul went from, you know, you know, submitting to authority and, you know, about how, how to, uh, you know, obey, uh, human laws while also, you know, being obedient to God. And, you know, and we have the parts here about taxes and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden we're talking about love. And I think that's important for us to look at, you know, you know, in this election time is we need to love one another, not like the human flawed version, like Christ's version of love, mm-hmm. which is love your enemies, give to those that have need, you know, don't take vengeance, you know, stuff like that. And so even if, you know, you don't like a politician and their views, we still are commanded to love that person. We're still commanded to pray for them. Again, yep. we, we're, we're getting into that here in a second. Yep. So real quick before we do, one other set of verses, it's just two verses, and it's from First Peter chapter 2, and it's verses 13 and 14. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, this is, again, hard for people to hear because look in your history books. Uh, the Roman civilization was not necessarily kind to those that they controlled. Right. So that's a big statement. Or, and this is, excuse me, this was when Peter was writing. So Paul wrote, said it, the same thing. And Peter just said it again. Right. Again, who was in leadership It was still the Roman Empire, and that would have been really hard to hear. And that's all something that we need to be reminded of right now. And after, I think it's November 3rd, we need to remember this. Yep. So, and it's hard, and, I mean, it's hard for me, but I need to be reminded of this. So. Yep, absolutely. And so our next subcategory here is prayer. Um, You know, it's important for us to... uh, keep certain things in mind and uh we'll kind of go over that a little bit more after the verse but the verse we want to look at here is real quick i just want to say sorry to cut you off here this is still under our responsibilities as a christian so our first responsibility is to be in subjection to the government and the next one that josh is going over is our next responsibility is to pray so i just wanted to make sure we're all still on track here and so we got first timothy chapter two and it's verses one through four. First of all then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving, thanksgivings being made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so here, you know, it, it reminds us that regardless of our personal opinions and beliefs, um, we have to pray for our leaders, whether whether we think that they're the right person for the position, um, regardless of their views, we have to pray for them. We should pray for all our enemies. We should pray for, um, you know, people in need and this is no different it specifically tells us made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions so 
in order to achieve the peace and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, we have to pray for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, right now in, in, in our lives, you know, like I said, we got the fires, we got rioting, we got COVID-19, uh, we got an election, and we have to remember grace in the face of a really difficult time for this country. And I think one other thing to be reminded of, say we get, you know, a horrible president, you know, Congress turns horrible, Senate turns horrible, the just, you know, the Supreme Court justice turns horrible, all three branches, just awful. That doesn't mean that God can't use it. You know, right. just because and our standard and the way we're <clears throat> seeing them, and I'm not saying that our standard isn't right, but, you know, the way we're viewing them is, oh, my goodness, you know, who is now in authority over us? This is very concerning. Well, just because they're there doesn't mean that they can't be used by God to make good decisions and to do good things. You know, there that is also something to be reminded of. Just remember that God is in the ultimate control. So now that doesn't mean that he, you know, everything's going to be all fine, well, and dandy. No, I mean, the Bible makes it clear that as Christians, we will suffer. But that doesn't necessarily mean also that right now, you know, especially with this election, because that's what everybody's talking about, that come beginning of November, right after that, I mean, the world ends. Right, that, that, right. That's, that's just not the way to look at these things. Right, and we need to remember that, you know, God, like Mark was, uh, you know, talking about, God can take bad things and use them for good. Absolutely. A great example of that is Christians. Mm-hmm. We, all of us, are sinners and have sinned against God in his kingdom and he's turned us and if he can turn us he can we know god has control of all situations and he can use whatever our political situation is or anything else for good for us and so uh the next uh subcategory we want to go over here is environment for evangelism and humanity's well-being As believers, we need to do our best through voting, working, our attitudes and actions to make the best environment for evangelism possible, to make for the most moral and honorable society, to make humanity's well-being as good as possible. Again, like we said, you know, um, if we don't, if, if a good Christian candidate isn't possible, we need to go for the next best scenario for the Christian lifestyle and, and so on. One of the best ways we can do this is by our selection of leaders uh, based on basing our votes, um, uh, their actions, not their claims. For example, just because somebody claims to be a believer, yet they push for anti-biblical, uh, immoral, and detrimental legislation, that doesn't mean that um, that that person is feeding, you know, is is by their claims we need to go we need to look at their actions their track record of stuff like that that doesn't mean that somebody can't change from their past track record but um it's definitely something that would be a good idea to look into absolutely i mean you could even look at you know the nazi party you know they claimed to be i believe you know biblically based (laughs) you know and i mean you obviously that was not true so again look at their actions not just their claims. Again, not that 
They can't change. However, keep that in mind because a lot of people, I mean, we can look at the current <coughs> election and I'm not going to name any names here, <laughs> but I believe every single, no, I know every single one of them has claimed to be a believer and to, you know, go to church. Oh yeah. You know, I'm a believer. I go to church, all this stuff. Well, let's look at your actions, you know, not just at your words. Right. Let's look at what you've done. Let's look at what you're saying that you're going to do if you are president, whether you were reelected or you are newly elected. You know, if what you're saying you're going to do isn't matching up, if what you've done isn't matching up, then that is – those are questions for concern. Right. So just, you know, remember that. So finally, our last responsibility is – justifiable disobedience to authority. And this is what we talked about before, which is... Yeah, we've kind of brought it up yeah. numerous times yeah. through this, but I think this is... We're going to use some verses mm -hmm. that kind of... Uh, Solidify it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give it a foundation, not that we're just touting something. So let's look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. So these were people that chose not to worship the beast in the end times, justifiably so, because we should only worship God, and they were slain for it. Again, that is a justifiable disobedience to authority. Now Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So again, don't be conformed to this world. You know, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know, present your bodies, our bodies, as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. If we are commanded to do things that are that go against the, that, then we ha have justifiable disobedience to government. So, again, here we are pointing out that if governments or anyone in, in an authoritative position gives you a law or command that goes against the Bible, that we are justified in disobeying these laws and or commands. I mean, there's other examples in the Old Testament. Daniel, the reason he had to go to the lion's den was because yep. he kept on praying. I mean, uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not worship, uh, I don't remember his name, Babylon. They wouldn't worship him. They wouldn't bow down and worship him. King Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. And they were thrown into the fiery furnace. All of them ended up living through that miraculously, you know, through God's divine intervention. But that's not necessarily what's going to happen to us per se. But again, there are examples in the Bible of justifiable civil disobedience. And so do not let anybody coerce you by using verses like, well, we need to be in subjection into government to just blindly do whatever right. the government or what any authority I mean, has to say. That yeah. is... <laughs> That, that has happened, you know, that coercion, and don't let anybody coerce you into doing that. I mean, how – Paul probably spent most, if not all, of his ministry um, – In prison. Uh, yeah, in prison, <laughs> yeah. dodging dodging people that were trying to kill him for his beliefs. Yeah. Um, and so – And he um, was eventually killed for it. Yeah. All of them but one, and that <laughs> one was exiled. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so just, just remember that, guys. Well, that does it for today. Yep, yeah, the lengthy one, but uh, this one was, uh, like Mark said uh, at the beginning, this one uh, isn't the same method that we use for our other studies. This one was uh, more of uh, us just, we we had topic points and then verses, and then we just kind of freely talked about it, and I yep. think it went well. Absolutely. Um, uh, 
here, we'd like to uh, next point out, like we always do, if you have any prayer requests or praises, you can send those to walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. Um, we haven't really fully decided on our next topic yet. Like Mark said, we may uh, we may continue on this little bit of a political thing. Um, we're uh, I was gonna have talks with Mark about uh, maybe something interesting we could do next time that he's I haven't talked to him about, so he's hearing about it right now. Is uh, maybe even having a little bit of a debate ourselves. Uh oh. Um, and uh, we'll go over more of that once I've had a chance to update Mark on what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh -oh. um, but uh, if you like what we're doing here and you want more daily doses of hope and scripture, follow us at our social media accounts. We have Twitter, and it is walkin underscore the light. Again, walkin underscore the light. We have a Facebook, which is walkin the light. Instagram, walkin the light sp. Again, that is walkin the light sp. Um, and yeah, we'd just love to hear from you, have some discussions, whether it's politics or anything, really. Um, yeah. If you have, a, uh, we've slowed down our our uh, Bible study group, but we are definitely open up to one-on-ones uh, -on or group talks where, you know, if you're struggling with something, um, maybe it's your studies, maybe it's something personal in your life and you, uh, you'd just like somebody to talk to about it, we'd love to hear from you and and go over some stuff. And, you know, one other thing, uh, Josh just ma mentioned that, you know, we've slowed down on the Bible study. You know, previously what we had done is we would, and you, if you've been following along, you noticed that it was a week before we came out with this podcast. So we actually missed a week. So previously what we were doing was we would hold our Bible study over this topic and then we would record our podcast. Well, that's no longer go going to happen that way, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, but what that does mean is that we can even put more time and effort right. into the podcast and hopefully make it even better. And it, I would say it also allows for us to go over topics that maybe wouldn't work well in a Bible study setting. Again, right. today was <clears throat> kind of more of a conversation. If we have a debate, um, you know, again, that's not really maybe the correct for a Bible study, but for here, we can do that. So in that way, it can be good. And an interesting thing that I want to say about a debate, if we are to hold one or hold many, is guess what? Christians can have different opinions, and exactly. that's okay. And, and I think that's what this is about. And and what I'd really love, love from you guys um, to really help us out with this, so that way um, we can uh, you can really challenge us is submit some questions for us to go over. I think that would be really cool, um, and we can just kind of dish it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and it may be one of those things where Josh and I might be in full agreement, but one of us might have to play the devil's advocate, you right. know, So and come up with the reasons. And it causes us to have to defend our positions, which is what we should all be doing, and that is a good practice. But again, just remember, even if we have a debate, no, it's in love, it's in respect to one another, and this is something that you guys can do as well, but do it in love, do it in respect, and do it in the understanding, again, if, especially if you guys are believers, you're all going to end up in the same place anyways. And right. guess what? We're individuals, and we can have individual opinions. Yeah, and it's – I think the, the biggest thing at the end of the day is, is uh, me and Mark, well before we even thought about doing a podcast um, – and we we're talking about things like plans for Bible studies. And we, we suggested, you know, it'd be cool to do a podcast sometime. We knew at some point we were going to disagree on mm -hmm. something. And it's not the disagreement that should define the situation. It's your response to it. Absolutely. Um, we're going to disagree on stuff. 
and and that's going to happen and i think this will be i think it'll be fun and i think yeah. we have to look at it as something fun so again really like it if you guys could submit some questions and uh yeah maybe we can uh go over them absolutely awesome well have a great week guys god bless we love you all yep take care